It's time for You Better You Bet. We'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more. What do we call that? Wagertainment. It's You Better You Bet from BetQL. Hour number three, You Better You Bet. It's Ryan Horvath and PJ Glass. They're filling in for Nick and Ken. Nick and Ken back tomorrow. Check out the show right here. Watchstadium.com. Also, you can listen to You Better You Bet live on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. Watch live 24-7 on the BetQL network and directly on the free Odyssey app. Check us out on Twitch, YouTube, the BetQL network, all that fun stuff. We've got into a lot so far. So the uh, Raptors, to start the show, the breaking news, trade Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers. They get three first-round picks, two in 2024 and then one in 2026. Um, So we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up a little bit later on. But we got some more breaking news, Peach, and this is some good news for your boys as Ian Rappaport reports that Ravens tight end Mark Andrews, as he nears a return to the playoff field after a significant ankle injury, a full participant today at practice. This is usually like a 16 to 18 week injury, and it looks like they could get him back. I mean, just having him back on the field, man, will be huge. like a decoy. Mm -hmm. That's obviously Lamar's favorite target. It's his best friend. He came into the league with him. That's crazy. What what a story. What a development that is if Andrews plays. Likely he's been great, but, I mean, you know, Andrews is one of the best. Uh, That that could be big. I'm interested to see if he plays. You know, we were talking about that earlier when we were breaking down Ravens-Texans. I wouldn't touch any Andrews props if they say that he is going to play. And that wouldn't scare me off of, uh, that wouldn't scare me off of likely either, you know? I think even if Andrews plays, likely he's going to get his normal workload. He would get his normal targets, and I think it'd be fine. But, you know, obviously the gamesmanship, Ryan, like, you know, if they are playing plan on uh, playing Andrews and yeah. they kind of know that they will, but they won't announce it until Saturday, two hours before kick, any kind of advantage that they can have, I think uh, they're going to keep it. But it's, I mean, it's crazy that he had a chance. Because when the injury happened, they thought best case, maybe they could have him back for the Super Bowl. Yeah. And now we're in the divisional round and the guy might play. Crazy. Yeah. Who scares you more? Kansas City or Buffalo? You went. Bu- you said Buffalo yesterday. You stick by that? Scares me more. For the Ravens. Yeah. If we're penciling, or, or to the Texans, maybe scary. The... No, the Chiefs scare me more. Mahomes will always scare me. Always. Yeah. Yeah. He'll always scare me more. I think uh I think both would be would be a heck of a test, but I think the uh the Chiefs would scare me more over Buffalo. Personally for the Ravens. All right, let's talk some tennis. Let's do it with one of our favorite guests here, Kenny Ducey from the Action Network. Kenny, uh before we even actually get into the Australian Open, we gotta talk a little bit. I haven't talked with you uh since the start of football season about our Jets. Uh do you expect them to bounce back next season? Are you a believer in Aaron Rodgers still and Robert Sala? I mean, am I not a Jets fan? I expect them to bounce back every single year. That's the trick of being a Jets fan. They always convince you that things are going to be different this time, and they never are. I never I never liked Robert Sala. I never wanted Zach Wilson. I've talked myself into both of those guys, and I regret it. And I don't think so. No. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's very hard to process my emotions after what's been a very long season of trying to convince myself everything's okay and that it hasn't been, but – uh. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say that just Aaron Rodgers coming back is going to fix this, but I don't know. Maybe we'll see how the draft goes. Maybe they could trade back in the first round, get a second round pick. And uh, I, I think honestly, I mean, yeah, drafting lineman's imperative, but I think drafting a receiver is kind of more imperative. I think it's a receiver league now. 
Kenny, before we get into some tennis, just sticking with football, are there any bets that you like for this week? Or, you know, are there any teams that you like to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'm i starting to ch- try to talk myself into the Chiefs uh, to, to win this because I, look, I mean, in, in years past, I've been kind of a big fan of taking their, uh, you know, of, of their future bets and I've, I've made some money, but um, I don't know. I, it, it's a very strange landscape right now. I don't trust the Buffalo Bills. I certainly, I, I really, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens for me and for pretty much everybody, I think, have been the, the favorites. Uh, to win the Super Bowl, I mean, at least on the AFC side, I, I, I do think that the champion's going to come from the AFC. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think in terms of this week, I'm all over the Packers again. Um, I, I like them to continue what they've been doing, and then uh, other than that, it's I, I think I have to take Kansas City as well to win that game, and then I, I also think I'm thinking about taking them to win the Super Bowl. Honestly, yeah, I, I saw. A, video of them dancing to uh, swag surf on the sideline. I think that's maybe why I'm so biased towards taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm starting to uh, buy into the Chiefs. I mean, not that that's really like a hot take. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy (laughs) Reid. So let's get into the Australian Open. Before we hit on the futures, anything that you like tonight, we're going to get back underway in about like two hours. I got like three and a half hours of sleep last night. Uh, So a lot of coffee, and I'm drinking what's uh, Celsius right now, and it's not helping me at all. Anything that you like tonight, any bets that you have? Yeah, I, it, it's you have to go with the, your own routine. I've been nocturnal, uh, but I've also been been consuming a lot of caffeine. I like plenty tonight. Uh, I'll give you two that I'm looking at two underdogs uh, that will be going off very shortly. I think around eight thirty nine o'clock. Jack Draper, this British kid, is going to be playing Tommy Paul, an American. Um, now, the, the, the thing about betting, obviously, is that you're always looking for value and you're always trying to read lines. And one of the things that's very Stinky about this line is that Jack Draper, historically, he's, he's very young. He's still just 21 years of age. Uh, he has all-world talent. I mean, if, if this kid was born into a different body, uh, well, maybe not because he has amazing speed and, and strength, right? But uh, he, he's, his body has tended to give out on him. He's had a lot of injuries, and he's had a lot of issues with conditioning um, and in the heat specifically. So uh, he, that has uh, really held him back from being a top-10 player. Uh, other than that, he has no weaknesses in his game. He, he is, is pretty much a perfect tennis player. And what we've seen, regardless of uh, uh, or in spite of his lack of conditioning, he still made the fourth round of a Grand Slam twice, doing so at the U.S. Open uh, the last couple of years. And, you know, I'll tell you what, this line, you know, Jack Draper just won five sets in his first round match. He had to throw up immediately after the match. And yet he's still plus 115 to a top 15 player. Uh, that line smells of Jack Draper to me, and I think Jack Draper has proven a lot in the conditioning department this season. He went, um, believe it or not, there was a three-hour, th- uh, there was a three-set match he played last week that went nearly four hours. He managed to come through that one, and then the very next day, less than 24 hours after that, he took out this same guy, Tommy Paul, in two sets in short order. Uh, so while the narrative, the public narrative, is this kid can't play in the heat, this kid's going to be tired, this kid has no conditioning. He's been adamant that he's put in a lot more work over the offseason now that he's been a little more healthy and that his conditioning is in a better place. I think if you look at the track record this season, that it would certainly back up that his conditioning is in a better place. I think he bounces back after a five-set win and gets this uh, gets this victory as a very short underdog. And then the other underdog I was looking at tonight is none other than Jacob Mensick, an 18-year-old big-serving Czech. Uh, I like him to potentially upset Hubert Hurkacz, who, 
at grand slams for whatever reason, despite the fact that he is a pretty much bona fide top 10 player, uh, other than Wimbledon, Hubert Hurkacz has been one of the least reliable guys to bet on in the first week of a grand slam. Mensnick has a big serve, big game, and a lot of potential. Uh, whether or not he actually manages to win this match, the plus 340 underdog, is uh, that's another story. But uh, I, I, I really, really like him to cover the spread. He can get four and a half games right now. I got five and a half last night. Uh, the, the price on him to win a set has long drifted. But uh, if you want, take him to cover the spread. Maybe take him to win this match. Kenny, a lot of times when I'm betting tennis, you know, and I don't want to bet one of the favorites on the men's and women's side, I just kind of watch the first couple rounds and I, and I watch, you know, either a men's or a women's player that I just think like looks good in the first couple matches. Is there a player that maybe you didn't think you were going to bet them in the futures market or you didn't think you would bet them in their next couple matches, but they've really caught your eye so far in the first couple rounds? I mean, on the men's side, honestly, not too many players, right? I, I think uh, before the before the tournament, I was pretty set on Grigor Dimitrov as my big line, uh, big big long shot to maybe make the final here. Uh, and, and Alex Dimonor as well has had a very good start to the season, cracking the top ten for the first time, beat Novak Djokovic um, in uh, in Perth at the United Cup uh, a couple of weeks ago. Had a big win there, and you know he he looks really really poised to do some big things. So. I'm still sticking with those guys, and they're still relatively, uh, you know, large underdogs. I would say, in terms of someone who looks much better than I thought they would, Stefano Tsitsipas would probably fall under that category. You know, he changed his service motion because he hurt his back at the end of last year, and he looked awful uh, through the first two weeks of the season. And all of a sudden, last night, seemed to find that magic. And I think it was maybe facing a guy in Jordan Thompson that's beaten him before, that's had his number, that he maybe doesn't like very much um, playing in front of a hostile environment. Still didn't really close that match in very convincing fashion, but that is a guy that I certainly think is looking a little bit surprising, but I think he's still up against it in a straw. On the women's side, though, I mean, before the tournament, uh, I was sort of in on Helena Ostapenko to, to maybe win this tournament because of her history against some of the top players in the world. She's obviously 4-0 against Iga Sviantec. She finds herself in Iga Sviantec's quarter. She beat Egan Spiontek last year at the U.S. Open from a set down, which pretty much nobody can claim to. I don't think anyone has ever done that at a Grand Slam, maybe when Spiontek was 17 years old. And even then, it maybe has only happened one, you know, one, or, one or two times. But um, that is an achievement in itself. And Ostapenko uh, won a title last week in Auckland, or excuse me, in, uh, in Adelaide. She's looking unbelievable right now. And I just think coming through the Ega quarter, uh, with that head-to-head, I think she can win that match. And if she wins that match, she go on to potentially win this tournament. I just really think that the rest of the big three are looking a little bit vulnerable right now. Arena Sambalenka had a good start to the season, but, uh, you know, kind of up and down uh, through the first couple of weeks and has always had the 10. I mean, it, it's been tough to trust her um, at the Grand Slams. And obviously she won uh, this tournament last year, but, uh, you, you know, those demons still seem to be inside of her. And, uh, you know, Elena Rybakina had a little bit of a scare, uh, uh, I think, two nights ago. Now, I'm, the days are all mixed up for yeah. me because I'm sleeping uh, in the morning and waking <laughs> up at night. But, um, but yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, the bottom line is I don't think the top players right here are really exerting as much dominance as we've seen them exert over the last year. So why not take Elena Ostapenko, who, I mean, everything is landing for her right now. And that's the key. She has an unbelievable forehand, uh, one of the biggest games on tour, just a matter of whether or not she can actually land her shots. 
She seems to be doing it right now, but uh, I think the talk of the town is Mira Andreeva at plus 1,100. So I don't know, man. Maybe no one's better than her. Yeah, I was going to say Andreeva 11 to 1 and uh, Ostapinko's 28 to 1. So, like, what do you, I mean, when you look at the prices for the men's, do you feel like there's better value that it's more worth it if you're going to do anything with the outright market to go to the women's market? I mean, Iga's great, plus 240. Um, like, what else, what would be another look for you there? And do you think that there's more value with the women's side than the men's here? I still think there's plenty of value to be found in the men's draw, you know, and and it's it's been a draw that I've historically bet a lot more over the last few years. Um, the the one thing I would say is that maybe not in the outright department. Now I will say last yeah. night, you know, Novak Djokovic uh, is clearly sick. He's dealing with something. He had a handkerchief in his pocket or a, a tissue or whatever. I mean, I don't really understand why we ever used to use handkerchiefs and just we used to have a cloth in our pocket that had you know just mucus on it, but. Uh, I don't know if it was a handkerchief or whatever it was, but bottom line is he was clearly under the weather last night, did not look very good at all. Uh, you know, really should have dropped the second, the, he dropped the second set to Alexi Popper from a setup, and then he probably should have dropped the 30, had to save four set points. Um, so, you know, that does open up some possibilities here as to who might be able to, you know, maybe come out of that quarter and, and win this. Grand slamming, you know, in general, it, it might open up some possibilities for who's going to win. But I like playing the quarters just a little bit more here than I do the outright market, just with the presence of Novak Djokovic. Um, with that being said, I did put in one quarter bet uh, the other night before, uh, right after he had played, and it was uh, right after the, the session had concluded. It was Casper Rude to win the fourth quarter at plus a thousand. Now, if you followed me um, for a- any time at all, and I expect that no one has, so I'm, I, that's I'm just saying that. But Casper Rude has never been one of my favorite players to bet on. Um, I'm thinking I've, I thought his game was very one-dimensional in the past. He's really failed to make adjustments during matches, and he has a bat, he has a weak backhand. All, all this stuff, and also has sort of been fortunate to kind of play the draw in front of him. You know, play. Pretty easy competition, win a lot of lower-level tournaments in the ATP 250s and, and boost his ranking that way. But I'll tell you what, you know, after a, a terrible, really for his standards, 2023 season, a, a pretty down year, he's come out in this 2024 year looking unbelievable. He's socking the ball. You know, even in an exhibition match against Carlos Alcaraz, he was really uh, moving around the Spaniard quite well and hitting through him. But, you know, even at the United Cup as well against some top talents, he looked pretty, pretty solid. So, I I don't know about Carlos here. We haven't seen him play a lot of tennis this year. He's still very young. He's going to win a lot of Grand Slams, but he's not going to win every Grand Slam. You know, and, and there's also going to be a lot more in his way than just Novak Djokovic. We've seen that over the years. Even the last time he was here in Australia, losing to Matteo Berrettini in uh, in what was I think his debut at the Australian Open, and then last year he was injured. But I think Kasparud has what it takes to actually beat Carlos Alcaraz. I thought a weaker version of Kasparud um, was was pretty pretty close to doing so at the U.S. Open final a couple of years ago, and uh, it, you know it really just his game his level was not there. But I think he's playing a lot better now, so I actually think he could win that quarter. Um, I do think he will be I do think he will beat Alexander Zverev, and if he does meet Alcaraz in the quarterfinal, uh, I I, I kind of have a feeling that he might win that match. So. That's the only real value I'm seeing right now in terms of quarter winners, just to give you an idea of what I think is going to happen in the other ones. I think uh, I still have Grigor Dimitrov coming out in the third. Yeah. I think Alex Dimonor comes out in the second, and then uh, the Mr. Novak Djokovic Love in the first. It. Kenny, thanks so much, man. I'll be cheering against uh, Tommy Paul with Jack Draper tonight. I grabbed that myself, and uh, I know you post your full card over at Twitter. Thanks so much. Good luck tonight. Get some rest. Thanks, Kenny.
Thank you, thank you. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, let's go, Jack. Up with the Brits. <laughs> Kenny Ducey right there. Action Network. Like I said, follow him on Twitter, Kenny Ducey, and he posts his uh, full card right there. But yeah, I like Draper tonight, too, against Tommy Paul. We'll take a quick break. You Better You Bet continues. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.